This is episode 259 of Nerds Eye View for the 19th of January, one day before my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Whoa. Uh, but that's not what this show is about. It's not about Jordan's birthday. I'm joined by Andrew. Hi. And our good friend Derek. Hello. How you doing, sir? Very good. I'm not recording this? No. <laughs> no, we're recording it for you. Yeah, don't Great. worry. We got it. Got it. <laughs> we, uh, we review movies here. And we're reviewing 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. After you watch this movie, they will not be secret anymore. Uh, So I don't like that title. They're known to you, except for when they're quietly living with their family. When they're not known to us. But this film even goes so far as to be like, no, they live in Colorado. I could go find this person. Well, you... you, That is how not secret they are. But some of them are quietly living with their families. Quietly. All right, that's a big difference. That's important. I thought they were loudly living with their families. No. What okay. Else, what else we got? Before that, we do new releases. After that, we have the review, our little uh, surface level review where we talk about the movie as a whole with no spoilers. Then we have our guest, the ending, and then at the very, very end of the show, after we've said our goodbyes, we have our discussion. In case you've seen the movie and you're fine with spoilers, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty about the film. But first, let's 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 do the box office top ten. <laughs> Count me down. Uh, if you do a little bit of math, you subtract two from ten, and you get the hateful eight. Uh, but you might also hang out with number nine. Sisters. Who have a number eight. <laughs> what? <laughs> they have a big short? <laughs> On their way to number seven. The forest. Where they want to meet number six. Norm of the North. And they had to go because of number five. Daddy is home. Because he spent number four. 13 hours. <laughs> Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. <laughs> After he saw number three. Star Wars The Force Awakens. And it was truly a number two. The Revenant. <clears throat> Especially if you happen to number one. <laughs> right along too. Not, not a lot of effort on the top ten this week, but you know. <laughs> You put it in other places. It gets difficult when it's uh, when they have a lot of colons. Yeah, the whole the whole secret soldiers like. Ugh, I'm not... I don't recognize that. I only call it thirteen hours. Mm. Yeah, I don't like it, but that that's me. Uh, these numbers. I mean, this is a healthy box office. If you uh, look at the last week versus this week, we're almost identical. We got a little bit of a bump, but uh, everyone's got really good showings here, and uh, off air. You told us an interesting fact about Norm of the North, I think, uh, about, about its opening debut. It only it made just under $7 million, but what was the Rotten Tomatoes score? It's at a perfect zero. Oh, that's wonderful. And we're, that means we're going to review it on the show, right, Andrew? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> it's one of those rare things where the, the trailer, what I noticed from the trailer isn't anything about the story. It's just the animation looks bad. Yeah, it looks bad. I saw the trailer... When I saw Sean the Sheep movie, uh-huh. and it was completely empty, and I, and I always feel sorry for the trailer that plays to the empty audience. And only, <laughs> I've never seen it since. <laughs> Probably for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Star Wars is still in the top three. Yeah, that's to be. Did you guys like Star Wars? I haven't. I didn't hear that. Oh yeah. Live. Oh, that was a that was a a, a giddy rompus episode. Yeah. So there was no voice of reason in that episode. <laughs> no, there was no, uh, there was no voice of of uh, insanity. 
Speaking, I thought speaking for the, I made it perfectly clear to any podcast I knew that I would be the voice of reason <laughs> on any podcast, but nobody took me up on it. Well, Benson had called it long ago. Yeah. He called what? He called being on the Star Wars episode. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Uh-huh. I thought he called that I would not like it, and then no, there no. would be two Benview feuds. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I, I remember reading your review, and uh, I mean, I don't know. Every, every... I spent... That I wanted to write it earlier, but it was not going to be something that people wanted to read because uniformly and universally, is there a TV on in the background? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's it's not getting picked it's up. It's two the rooms. Okay, over. it's getting picked up he, on my. Earphone. He wasn't he wasn't kidding when he said that you will hear everything. When I when I skyped in before, I could hear people doing things in the kitchen like I was in the kitchen with them. Mm. So. You're you're on an iPad, so apparently the iPad microphone is very sensitive. Um, but anyway, I was afraid <laughs> to let people Read know it. what I thought because yeah. they were irrational. Most <laughs> were irrational, but some people were surprisingly rational. Like like Brendo Man was he was very unemotional about it. Huh. Interesting. That is interesting. That seems like just the kind of thing that he would he would get in a fervor about. But anyway. Force Awakens is over. Mm-hmm. We'll never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, just wait another year, another Star Wars film. Yeah, Rogue One. That you, should be different enough for you. Yeah, Derek, do you think you'll be into those those uh, little spinoff ones? Or well, that's like part of the reason. Like, I'm not too disappointed is that there's going to be more really quickly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. who knows? Who knows? I like Ryan Johnson. Me yeah, too. that's that's thrilling. I, really I am no long. I hate J.J. Abrams now. I really, <laughs> I really hate him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and it's and it's um it's hard because and this like, kind of segues into the movie. He premiered a trailer in front of the movie that we're gonna review. Mm. Did you know about that? Oh, I got oh, there. Yeah. I actually got there late. Like, the, oh, you didn't the, see it. My, I saw my, it online. My movie app told me the wrong time so i was like 15 minutes later oh no but uh i saw that trailer online uh as well i waited i was gonna go see it when it when it came out but i went to starship troopers riff tracks instead (laughs) and then the internet's like hey you didn't go see this shitty movie and here was your prize i'm like oh god damn it so when i saw it i I didn't want to see it online i wanted to see it in a theater full of confused gray-haired people Uh uh-huh yeah, it was a lot of older people in my show viewing. But yeah, but what do we think about that on the e on the on the anniversary of Cloverfield? It's back. Um. Well, so we're talking about what's it called? Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I have, I just have a general problem with people who are like, oh, this is a Cloverfield sequel, and I, I mean, it isn't, right? It's, it's not a but sequel. Why would they put Cloverfield in the title? Because they're trying to trick you into going to see this movie that has nothing to do with Cloverfield. I know. Yeah, and it I looks get completely why JJ Abrams is stupid, but why do they do that? Because I mean, from what I'd heard, this film because everyone talks about it. Like this film had an entirely different title, and and it went through some rewrites to try and I guess make it closer to tying into Cloverfield somehow. But I, I well, it had a fake title for test screening. Uh huh. But I thought it didn't. It doesn't even like. It's not even because they're like in a in a bunker, and it seems to imply that when, if you go out of the bunker, you'll die. And so right. the people are like, "Oh, the monsters out there!" But and then in the trailer, <laughs> in the trailer, it says Cloverfield, just the word Cloverfield. Yeah, and then the other, which we all know, up. and then the rest of it. So it's mm. 
it's heavily and I'm fully prepared for that not to make any sense why it's called that but I'm like why do we accept this as a people I I mean I don't <laughs> I don't think anyone I don't think it's a choice of accepting it this is just what happens but I can't wait to watch it I mean it's it's got some good people so you know who wrote it uh oh no I forgot who Damien Chazelle oh right Mr. Whiplash Mr. Oh, Whiplash yeah interesting uh, John Goodman's fucking in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think yeah. she's really underrated. She's in it. Yeah, I, I like her. It's not actress. found footage. I'm very, and it's coming out in like three months. Yeah, it's very soon. That's cool. I uh, thought about that mostly during the entirety of 13 hours. <laughs> it's, that's fair. We got some. We got some pre-review. All right, <laughs> let's get into the new releases. All right, coming out uh, new on DVD and Blu-ray this week. Oh, uh, what do you know? The Intern, which oh. we, we reviewed with Derek back in episode 244. What? Oh, was this, was this planned? Uh, no, actually, it really Not wasn't. Not at all. Do you want to re- review it now? <laughs> <laughs> I still love it. I still, yeah, me too. Like, people, I tell people about it because it's, you know, it really touched me. Yeah, really, it's good. It really got Some me. friends of mine finally saw it and we had an argument. Oh, no. Oh, no. It did beat, or Mad Max did beat it in the end of the year list, though. <laughs> well... But they're both very similar. I mean, it's basically the same story, just different directors. You know, like, you get the same story and a bunch of different directors direct different versions of it. You know what I mean? I mean, It's like if Project Greenlight were Nancy Myers and, uh, what's his name? George Miller. George Miller. And then (laughs) that's what happened. That would be the greatest Project Greenlight ever. That would be pretty good. Uh, Derek, I I mean, I don't want to get too far off with uh, Oscar talk, but what do you think of... um, I mean, no, n- nothing like no nomination for even like Charlize Theron in uh, Mad Max. I mean, so what? Do you Mad think... Max got it though. Yeah, but you, I, I think it. she she did really good in that movie. Yeah. Well, we have to make room for 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 people like uh, Rachel McAdams in Spotlight, which we're all rooting for, right? I mean, I like she Spotlight. Was she was good, but yeah, all knew that was going to happen. Come on. I don't know. And then, think, same thing with that uh, Saoirse Ronan for um, Brooklyn? Brooklyn. I don't know. Well, when you let I'm, her I'm have not, her own accent. I'm notorious for not liking that movie. Because yeah. most people love it. That's, that's a little strange. That's the one thing I don't like that everyone else likes. Huh. We found the one thing. We found it. And it just happened Would to be Brooklyn. you rather it started with the Beastie Boys No Sleep Till Brooklyn? Yeah. I think that'd be a better film overall. If it was just peppered like a, like a Knight's Tale just peppered with modern music. That'd be great. Yeah. Like Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, exactly. Or that's old timey music. Yeah. That's like if Mad Max started off with like the Charleston. Because apparently when a starship breaks apart and gets all messed up, it plays music from the nineties. I was like, but if wait, if Mad Max started with like the Charleston, it'd be closer to Fallout you know, Fallout uh the, the, video the series, game? the video game series, and I'd be into that. Oh. That's right up my alley. Uh, all right, moving on to the next uh, DVD and Blu-ray release, we have Straight Outta Compton, which we reviewed in episode 241. And we I all, saw that movie. We all liked it. What did you think? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Very long. My favorite line is when Ice Cube is writing Friday, <laughs> and he's like, Honey, I just came up for, with a new hilarious line for my new movie, Friday. Yep. I kind of wish there were more uh, parts like that in that film, where it's he's making movies. Directed know. by the guy who directed Friday. I know. Um, that also kind of like, uh, people are, people are mad about the Oscars kind of snubbing it. It's, 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 it's not a great movie. 
I mean, Mad Max is there. Why are we complaining about anything? That's, I mean, that's true. Mad we Max is our Dark Knight. Go before something stupid like Spotlight wins. <laughs> Let's just be happy. Mad Max is, is there. That's true. I am. I'm grateful. All right, moving on to DVD only. Uh, this is where we will play our little game. It says don't click. Yeah, yeah don't I'm, click. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys clues, and uh, you guys are gonna try and guess what this film is about based on these clues. Okay. Uh, so Derek, I'll let you go first. The film uh, it's coming out new on DVD this week. Uh, it's called The Littlest Hobo. Uh huh. Um, I <coughs> will uh, uh, the clue that I will give you, Derek, is either the the year that it came out. Or uh, I will tell you what animals are on the cover of the DVD. So you're saying that when you say DVD only, does that mean it's straight to DVD? Uh, it, I mean, it could be that, or it could be one of those older releases that never got onto DVD. Oh, okay. But I'll, I'll pick the year. Okay, so it did come out in 1958. Yep. Okay, so this is some claymation piece of shit. <laughs> Is it? It's up is to it? you. It's up to you. Yeah, you have to tell us what the movie's about. Oh, okay. It is a old... It's from, like... If Rankin and Bass was, like, the best, this is, like, from the fifth or sixth best uh, claymation industry, and it's about a little tramp. It's a child who is homeless, who befriends talking trash cans and... Uh, Animals animals and beer bottles that talk with him but he's really just he has a case of ptsd yeah he's just lost it yeah and he's uh it's kind of sad now but it was all fun and games back then probably has a disclaimer in the beginning i watched pinocchio on blu-ray recently and there's this huge there's this huge uh psa about please don't smoke with a montage of every character in pinocchio smoking Well, so it probably has something like that. Like this is for this isn't this is for entertainment purposes only. Mm. And then he dies uh, with a heroin needle in his arm Whoa. and his hand down somebody's pants, like the voice of Peter Pan did, did I, in real life. Wait, did they have fifty-eight? Oh yeah, they would. Wow, that's intense. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> Bobby Driscoll. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Please, what animals are on the cover? So, you already know it's called The Littlest Tobo from mm-hmm. 1958. The animals on the cover are a German shepherd and a lamb. Uh, I believe this movie is about uh, a, a tiny little person, uh, borrower's style. And uh, <laughs> it's about uh, his family dies in a horrible accident um, in the very beginning. And uh, it's kind of Five Goes West ish a little bit except it's a it's a little borrow person and uh he knows that he's got family um in another city but because he's so tiny it takes a long time and uh across his journey he uh befriends a couple animals and eventually gets there after some uh crazy misadventures but uh it's an adorable little romp all right you guys are gonna love this (laughs) a german shepherd dog saves a lamb from slaughter and then they both help a governor's paralyzed daughter Wow. So who's the hobo? I have no idea. Maybe the dog? No, I well, think is the it ho- animated? It's animated? No, it's live action. I think the hobo is the sheep. Or the <laughs> lamb. The lamb. I, I have no idea. I was just who's like, in it? How, uh, Buddy how, Hart, yeah. Wendy S- Stewart, and Carlisle Mitchell. It's like a bunch of kids. Who decided this should 
now is the time to release this on DVD. It's from the Warner Warner Ar- Archives collection. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to uh, TVD. Uh, what's new on the the TVD? Don't say that anymore. <laughs> I I want to make a proclamation that that's something that's not going to continue. <laughs> Why not? That's terrible. <laughs> it sounds like a horrible, debilitating disease. That's why I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, here's what's coming out new on the television series releases. Uh, we have Continuum Season 4. What is that? Now, Derek, we can play another game here where <laughs> uh, Jordan famously watches everything. Everything that's TV, on TV. movies, everything? Yes. And yeah, I, I have a problem. He, uh, so we like to play a little game when we get to this section uh, where, where we try and guess <clears throat> if Jordan has seen it and if so, how much? So it's generally like one episode, one season, or like all that. of it. Or none of it. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't think Jordan has seen any of season four of Continuum, mm. but he has seen some of it, perhaps the entire Is first season. Is this the one with the girl from P2 in it? Rachel something? I don't know. I know it's some kind of Canadian sci-fi show about time travel, perhaps? I remember reading or hearing about it. What do you think, Derek? Do you think Jordan's seen any of I have never met Jordan. It is, it <laughs> so is, it is no Rachel idea. Nichols. Rachel Nichols. Okay, I know what this is, kind of. Uh-huh. And based on the way that that woman looks, I would say that Jordan would give it a shot. <laughs> um, I've definitely seen all of the first season, hmm. but I've also seen all of the second season. Oh, dear. I've not seen the third or fourth season. Okay. Because there's just too much TV on. Does this air on television? Uh, I think it was on sci-fi at some yeah, point. Yeah, it was on sci-fi. Okay. All right, then also coming out, we have Gotham, the complete first season, which I famously couldn't make it through. Only now that's coming out? Yeah. That's I weird. thought it was already out on. I don't know. That's what it, they split that's their it. season in half. Like, that everyone... is hands down the worst. Batman related thing to exist and I'm <laughs> including Batman and Robin. Um I think Jordan actually did watch the entire first season. I can't I can't tell. What do you think, Derek? Oh, I definitely it was Batman related. So, I could see and it looks like a cool show that you know the the budget looks like well done. So, I would say yes. He was suckered into watching this. Yeah, I watched all the first season, just hoping it would get good at some point, but everything I'm hearing about second season is they're just, it's getting worse. I kind of forgot that the second season even started. Right. Didn't you have a podcast called Got Ham? No, it was a, it was a, uh, a recurring article uh, on Agents of Guard. Agents of Guard, right. How did you feel when everybody else started saying that? It uh, wasn't they were reading your articles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care because the show was so bad that anyone watching it now is it's like they're punishing themselves. So yeah, they Evan need Smith to make... called it got ham. It's uh, yeah. I didn't I mean, even. You're, get... you're the one with the the struggling podcast empire. He already has one. I know. No, I definitely. Uh, I didn't even get to the part with the the not Joker Joker on Gotham, and I was. That so is glad. the worst thing. I was so glad I didn't. The worst Batman related thing of all time, and this year, Bill Finger, the actual co-creator of Batman and many of the Batman characters and Indicas, finally is getting credited as 
the co-creator of Batman, wow. but the first two things are Gotham and Batman v Superman. Oh, that's this man's bad luck does not end even in death. That's a rough. That's a bummer. <clears throat> All right, so that's what's coming out new on DVD, Blu-ray, and TV. Uh, if you want to pick those up, go to your local video store. Derek, do you have a local video store that you frequent? No. <laughs> There used to be blockbusters. Mm. Yeah, gone. now the blockbusters is gone. That's uh... I can't handle a red box is like a drug deal. Yeah, really. in front of a Seven Eleven, there's people watching you. Yeah, I've also like heard a lot. I used to use Redbox. Like I used it a couple of times before I just stopped. And uh, but I heard a lot of bad things online about people getting like they they get the 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 container with no disc. Yeah, it's like a piece of paper with the printout on it. Yeah, because someone would just scan it and print it out and put it in there because that's all I was looking for. Yeah, fool the computer. And who's browsing on one? Like, go home, pick the DVD you want, and then go to the red box. Yeah, I would always spend all day long looking, looking on your computer. Well, one of the do that in front at the supermarket. One of yeah, one of the smartest things they did was was putting them at the exit of a supermarket because you would get all your groceries and be like, oh, I could I could watch a movie tonight. And then they just then, stand there in a line with all of their groceries <laughs> in their hand yeah. while their ice cream's melting. Ugh. Yeah, I don't need that kind of stress. Uh, all right, so when we come back, uh, we will be reviewing 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Bengazi. Before that, you're going to get a super cool ad. Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. And we like community. We do. Uh, and if you like community and you'd like to hear us talk about it every week, you can go to BenviewNetwork.com slash ShutUpLeonard. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast provider. Shut up, Leonard. Pop, pop. Jack Silva. Jack. We train SEALs at Coronado, so he knows the drill. Welcome to Club Mad. resort. You will wait. None of you have to go. We are the only help they have. 
good fire support. Never came. You're not giving orders anymore. You're in my world now. We have 36 American lives to save. Thirteen Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, directed by Michael Bay, starring John Krasinski, not Noah Wiley, James Oh, Barstow. you thought the lead was Noah Wiley? No, uh, it, it says the actor's name is Pablo Schreiber. Schreiber? Right. I thought that looked like Wart from The Wonder Years, a.k.a. Huh. Dwayne from Full House. Hmm. Like, he, he had ripped up and, like, Michael Bay's like, I'm going to get all the sitcom stars. <laughs> I'm going to make them the Benghazi team. Yeah, he played Tonto in the film. But it's really porn stash from Orange is the New yes, Black. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. You shave that stash, and I don't know who you are. <clears throat> uh, so this is based on the true events that occurred back in 2012. Uh, I just want to say that was a great Shut Up Leonard ad that we just heard. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Um, yeah, so this, this film is... Uh, based on the events of uh, an attack on a uh, U.S. compound in Libya uh, where an American ambassador was killed. Uh, so, Spoilers. I mean, it happened in the news. I kind of forgot that that's what happened. Yeah, me too. I, knew I about, forgot it went that far. I knew there was an attack. I just didn't know. I didn't that's know really the only spoiler. Yeah, really. Uh, but that happens like pretty quickly, I guess. I don't know. This movie's kind of long, too. Really quickly. Two and a half hours. Halfway through. Which is an hour longer than the actual 13 hours. <laughs> uh, that math checks out. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. It's not like... Uh, I don't know if there's any real like achievement in acting going on here. Mm-hmm. It's... it's. Uh, I mean... And I can't it even... It sets s- things up good with the words in the beginning. <laughs> I knew what was going on. Yeah. I mean, I missed like the first like I think 2 minutes because my, oh. my my phone told me the wrong time to be at the theater. Uh he he landed in the plane and they got in the jeep mm-hmm. and I went I'm going to need popcorn. <laughs> and I got up and I walked out of the theater and I got a popcorn and a soda and I came back uh-huh. and the person I was with I was like what happened? Uh-huh. And she goes, "Too much for me to tell you." So what? I missed <laughs> I missed wow. like five minutes. We are walking just in blind. Just the I whole the whole conversation on the Jeep mm-hmm. I missed. Because after the Jeep stops and there's like a roadblock. Yeah, like, yeah. Like a firefight. Oh, I came in to the roadblock. I came in at the end of the roadblock. Oh, okay. They were all pointing guns at each other and they're like, we, you're going to let us through. Yeah. Do you want to die for your country? And I'm like, yeah. oh God, here we go. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's where I came back. Okay. Yeah. So this is Jim's first big action movie role. Is it? Oh, I yes. guess, I mean, Aloha doesn't count. He, that wasn't an action movie. He, but he had like, the beard in Aloha. He was the number two choice to play Captain America. But Marvel was choosing Captain America's. And we kind of get to see what that would look like. Which actor are we talking about? John Krasinski. Uh, Jim okay. Halpert. Name is Jim. Did you never watch The Office, Jordan? Not enough to know him by that name. I am in the middle of a big Office rewatch right now, so this was a weird sidestep. Oh, yeah, because he was very different. (laughs) Because Jim is in this, and Roy, who was Pam's fiancé. Who's, who's, what's that actor's name? 
David Denman. Oh, that guy. Oh. Oh. Weird. And he's right there with him the yeah. whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the the camera style is very office. <laughs> I was like, what is this directed by Ken Quapis? <laughs> I was um I don't know, the the actor that I thought I was like um I, I like um what's his name? David Costabile. Uh he was he was like the head of the CIA that they fought with all the time. Yeah. And uh, I could see you being that if the Benview guys were Marines. Hmm. Yeah, I I think I that's in our way all the time. I kind of yeah, I kind of um, you know sympathized with him, but also I really like him from um, Breaking Bad. He was Gale, and I almost thought Gale got the got the short end of the straw. I think that's kind of the point. He's though. he's been in a lot of good stuff. He was he was in Suits and and he's in that wow. new show Billions. He was in Low Winter Sun, which was all right for the first season. So as somebody that watches everything, it must be a delight when a movie like this comes out and you just recognize everybody. Yeah, right? it's kind of hard not to see these people. Like That's why I never confused Pablo Schreiber with any of the other people you guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, because I was like, no, I know him from like four shows. Because he, he was on so many shows that I've watched um, and I don't know any of the other people you guys are talking about, so... The standout in this movie is the guy that had the MVP for 2013, James Badgedale. Uh-huh. And he's so, I mean, he's the best part of any movie. And he's so good in this movie that I think they retroactively took Jim's name off of the lead and made him the lead because he's the first credited. Wow. I mean, it kind of makes sense uh, if once you watch the film, it kind of each of the characters has a, a kind of a journey. And I think his is the most complete in a sense. Right. Um, right next to um, John Krasinski's character. Cause he's Ooh. the, he's the one that you kind of uh, with his character, Silva, you kind of see the home life even, um, which was, I was like, Oh, well, great. We're getting into American sniper territory. Which right. That was, I didn't like American sniper. And let me tell you something. This movie is a pretty much a big, uh, green blur for me. The thing that stood out the most is when the when the mom went to the McDonald's <laughs> and she was trying to order as her husband was trying to tell her something. Mm-hmm. Him, or, yeah, her something. And then the McDonald's guy is like, "Uh, what do you want?" And she's like, "Just anything. Just six of anything." And, and I'm he's, like, he's "I like... want to be like, lady, you came here. Yeah, I don't care what's going on in that car, but don't don't act like I'm interrupting your day." Well, and the the thing that really got me about that right before we it, there was it was revealed that they were going through a drive through at McDonald's. Like he he's saying like, oh, you're going to Disneyland. So on the way to Disneyland, they're getting McDonald's, and they're also she's driving and on the phone, like overseas on the phone, like not even just just on the phone. Like oh, like that, that's 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 and like some ho- international sat sat phone call. Yeah, and and like holding the phone, like yeah. she's breaking laws. <laughs> Well, I know that. I don't know what state she's in. She's going to Disneyland. In, she's in oh, California. That's true. Oh my god! I didn't even. In 2012, who knows what the laws were? <laughs> who knows what the laws were? Maybe she's one of the reasons why there is a laws. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, those was... kids are really spoiled. They get a treehouse. They get to get McDonald's on the day they go to Disneyland. Mm. Every time, this is just an aside. I go. I walk through the supermarket aisles, and I'm like, "Who grew up with bagel bites?" Because it wasn't me. <laughs> It was me. I, I, I led a very fr- frillless life. Mm-hmm. And if we went to Disneyland, 
that was the only thing we were doing. We weren't going to McDonald's. And if we were going to McDonald's, I wouldn't be getting a cheeseburger. I would be getting a hamburger because we have cheese at home. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. That's... <clears throat> I think that's also just like a, a weakness of films like this where it's they have to throw everything into one scene. Yeah. And so... We can't have 14 scenes of him talking to somebody. We can't home, have so one we scene. we have to have yeah. all of the development in one scene where everything needs to be happening at once. Mm-hmm. Where she I'd starts like out, the, the family's happy. She's always going to McDonald's to the point where the drive through guy knows her plight and it's kind of like her sounding board now. Yeah. And like her husband's overseas. She has nobody. And this guy at McDonald's listens to her and then there's a subplot there. Yeah, but he's like 17. So it's this weird like... That's kind of cool if you're 17. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and she just comes up and she's like, hey, it's Janice. I don't know if her name is Janice. She's like, hey, it's Janice. And she's like, oh, hi, Janice. How have you been? Um, I'm getting your order ready for you right now. Huge. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a whole other thing. What do you think of? Um, what do you guys think of the fact that like there's so we get the scenes with the wife, and then like the only other female character that we really get is the other CIA lady mm-hmm. who's always in the middle of a deal and is always angry at everyone uh-huh. because whenever she's dealing, they have to leave. Yeah, and also she's. She, She's mostly bumbling as well. Yeah. She kind of like falls a couple of times. Mm-hmm. She can't keep things straight. I don't know. I, f- I felt like for CIA people, like, don't they get trained in everything before they go out in the field? Or are they just like, these are the real analysts who really don't have any training. So, so from what I understand about like clandestine military organizations like this is like <laughs> you have your paper pushers. Yeah. And yes, they did when they started their training have a course where they can handle weapons. They can they can do this or that and the other thing, but they haven't taken any of that stuff for years. Mm. So that's not what they're surrounded in. That's that's why they have these bodyguards. I guess. I don't know. Remember that part where he's like, "Your code name is Jack." He's like, "That's my real name." That's very office. <laughs> very office. I mean, he just he had to do was look at the camera and then. We would have been like that. Would have been a cute moment. He's like, "That's my office. real name," and then he looks right at the camera. To me, to go back to the Disneyland thing, hearing if you're a dad and your family's going to Disneyland, and you have to just live on some desert, there's a lot of emotion going on back there. Yeah, uh, just if, just power through it. Um, that would be heartbreaking to hear that your family's going to go have fun at Disneyland while you have to sit and wait to get shot. Well, the the crazy thing is. Um, He's a he's contracted there. Like it's not like he's he's not part of the military anymore. It's he's with some kind of security yeah, they're contractors. Force. So he's really choosing to go. Like when they do that first flashback where his kids are like, "Why do you have to go?" It's kind of like, I mean, it's it's maybe an after effect of having been wasn't he a SEAL? Is that what he said? Yeah. So so the way it works with the CIA is they they can't really uh, use the other branches of the military. Mm-hmm. They can't like they can call them in for help. You know what I mean? But when it comes down to it, they hire contractors. That's just kind of how it works. So all of the men there that are part of this uh, GRS team are are ex-Navy SEALs or Army or whatever, and uh, they're they're hired because of of what they know and and their training. And the, I mean that's that brings up that, that that's a conversation earlier where he says he he goes home and he thinks that's going to be the last time he goes home, and then something happens and he's back and. It, it just sounds like um, 
like they're all kind of addicted to the lifestyle, the thrill, the the danger. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> Tonto even brings it up at one point that like when bullets are flying over his head, you know, he's not scared. This is just, you know, it's just how he is. And th- that that's why these people do this is because that's just kind of who they are. Uh, Isn't it cool that Jim went from being a paper pusher to protecting paper pushers? Yep. I guess. It's logical. I mean, he I mean, he goes by Jack Silva, but it was because after he joined the military, they had to change his name. Well, I mean, CIA. of course, he has that scene where he says, I don't like anyone to know anything about me. Yeah. So I think he There's used a whole to documentary be about him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's why that's why he goes by Jack now. Uh, it's funny that, you know, for years, John Krasinski hasn't really been doing much since The Office. All of his movies hadn't really panned out. But, like, he's on the cover of Men's Health all the time, all, like, ripped and stuff. So this yeah. is, like, Men's Health, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Starring Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found some information that I didn't know. Apparently, so uh, Chuck Hogan wrote the screenplay for this film, 13 Hours. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the novel that the town was based on. Oh. That's a weird connection. That's interesting. Uh, and he also wrote Hogan's Heroes, which is interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He also created Chuck. Yep. Little little known facts mm-hmm. we're providing for you. Uh, I don't know. I think we're all hopping around the fact that we didn't really care for this film. Was that, I, was that a thing? I was asleep through a lot of this movie. And I was really excited to come on today for you to tell me what happened. Um, Lots of shooting. I mean, I got... I got I, it, was, it was that kind of movie where you're kind of waking up after snoozing for like 10 minutes every couple of minutes and then, but you're never not confused mm. it looked like they were losing the whole time like the guy dies the mm. guy that they sent to protect died yeah the ambassador so did they fail their mission um i don't that wasn't really like a, a mission that was a thing they weren't even authorized to go do that uh but what did they do i mean this is a, a politically charged thing too because the like hillary clinton's being blamed for it and blah 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 and so what what happened? It, I I think it's interesting that the film doesn't like project into the whole who's being blamed for what about it. It's just kind of like getting into what what happened on the ground, um, uh-huh. where there there was an ambassador, an American ambassador, and he was trying to put on a good show for the locals in Libya. It seemed, and then that kind of backfired. He was he was too too well known, and so uh, I mean. I don't. Do they say it in the film that it is ISIS? I mean, it. Pretty sure it, it became was. an ISIS state. Yeah, it became an ISIS thing where they're the ones who attacked his compound, and that's why he died in in the the burning building. And if then you're they, gonna have then they follow Jim, the the people back to their secret compound. If you're gonna have Jim and Roy fight ISIS terrorists, wouldn't how how do you not hire Dwight to also be with them? That would be a comedy extravaganza of the summer. Well, I think that's, uh, I mean, Michael Bay just um, missed out. He didn't. should have gotten Michael Scott. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what do you even think that, like, Michael Bay directed this? That's very... Well, he's very rah-rah kind of guy. And he's very, well, in the beginning, it was very smarmy in that, like, when it's a bunch of dudes moving into this house together, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're all like, I'm going like... smash my dick in your face, man. And it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's still a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, it was a real world uh, Benghazi. It, it, um, 
Yeah, it, it was definitely leaning hard on the whole, uh, you know, we're the men who fight and we're better than these, you know, paper pushers, these people. And they all just... looked exactly the same. They were all bearded men, yep. Yep. white men that wore cargo shorts. I did find it a little hard to differentiate sometimes. It, yeah. it made sense that Michael Bay would do this, though, because if you think about it, like every scene, every single scene in Transformers has a flag waving in the background, mm-hmm. right. American flag. <laughs> you know, at one point they even... Uh, uh, get one of the Transformers to be the colors of the American flag. It's a little much, but... Have you seen all the Transformers films? No, I'm just making oh. stuff up. Jeez. I have. I've only seen two. The first one and the last one. Yeah, it's all I've this. seen every Michael Bay movie in a theater since The Island, because I walked out of that. <laughs> I actually enjoyed The Island. It took which me two is tries ridiculous. to make it through The Island. Yeah. Um, do, do you, have you watched Pain and Gain? Yeah. Yep. That was great, right? Yeah, that was actually pretty good. That was, yeah, that was kind of fun in a weird way, but it also didn't seem like it seemed like it was such a microcosm of what the world is. It wasn't so much about. It didn't seem to be so much about like this is this is the way that things are or something yeah. like that. Like this this film really seemed to be saying like you know the CIA you know they don't know what they're doing. It's these guys who get out there and put their lives on the line. They know what they're doing. Yeah, there's like a weird message hidden in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which what is it? Well, I mean, if you just go into Google, anyone who's listening, and search 13 hours, and then after 13 hours, put the word angry, space angry, and hit enter, and you will get a bunch of people who've reviewed this movie, and how, and all they do is talk about how angry they are at our government. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You can do that right now, and you'll get a whole page of angry people. Yeah. Isn't it surprising when you go to a movie and there are a bunch of old people there? It was and all like, old people. How did you know this was happening? Yeah. Well, that was when I went and saw Jay Edgar. That mm-hmm. was that was my Jay Edgar crowd, and that was a real. I, I assume that they all left the theater shaking their heads, going, "I knew it. I knew it was a crossdresser the whole time." See, I think I think it's because it's in their Republican AARP magazines that they get every month, and they said, like, you know, "Support Trump. Go see this movie." <laughs> I went to see The Lone Ranger at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. for a showing. Every old person was there like, how do you know that they made a movie because it's coming out? And this is the first show. Because how do they know look, that? Look, we all make fun of older people as being not good at the internet. Little do we know is that anything they listen to you listen to on the radio as like a, a radio drama, they all have Google alerts set up for. So really? anytime anything happens, they'll get... And it, they know how to use that. It's weird. It's a Google alert, but then they get something in the mail. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that they were there. And at the end of my movie, somebody loudly... I wouldn't say they yelled it. They said very loudly, thank you to our military and thank you, Obama. What? They That's, said that at the credits. Roll. I don't know if one of or both of those statements were sarcastic. That's interesting. But yeah. they were, she was really old and senile looking, so I don't. I'm not sure if she was being sarcastic. I would lean towards a no. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. What do you know? Good times. Um, I I I kind of want to put this on a on a on a spectrum of of something like uh from from Argo to Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. I think if, if that can become a spectrum. We'll see, but then then it, there would have to be an agreed upon hierarchy between those. Movies. Well, I'm just saying for me. Oh, for you. For me, okay. this is way more boring than either of those two movies. Uh, but I think it falls. It's. I mean, it's uh, uh, as if it's pre-established that Argo is one side and Zero Dark Thirty is the other side. I think it falls closer to the Argo side than Zero Dark Thirty. I love Zero Dark Thirty. I've I've really come around to like 
Yeah, I, like I think about too. that one very fondly. Mm-hmm. Starring Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation. And Jessica Chastain. But uh, yeah, I wish it had more Chris Pratt. <laughs> that would have been good. It's weird that we're calling upon these sitcom stars. To, yeah, to suit it. I think they all want to have the next Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis was on Moonlighting uh. and then... And they're making Die Hard. Everybody's like, who's this guy? Well, I mean, but in order to be the next Bruce Willis, you have to cut Bruce Willis's head off and you absorb his power, though. Uh, um, he has like 10 movies come out a week. Yeah, I Half know. of them are starring John Cusack. The other half have Samuel L. Jackson. Or it's John Cusack with... Uh, uh, what's his Cage. name? Uh, no. Uh, Jackie Chan in like a, a Roman movie. Oh, yeah. That really? weird thing. I didn't see that, that, was one, a, yeah. that was a film. Yeah, I remember that. John Cusack and Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. and uh, John Cusack's a Roman, and they're fighting ancient, uh, I guess, I samurai. <laughs> and Jackie Chan is one of the samurai. It looks. Yeah, I think you just sold me. Yeah. Jackie Chan is one of the samurai. Yeah, I I like that. You, I mean, we should we should out. review that. I think it's already out. That's Damn. crazy. Uh, it's Dragon Something. I think is the name. I imagine it like Night at the Museum, where they're both very tiny. <laughs> that would be better if you just watch the whole movie and then uh and then, then it, it zooms it's out. zoomed out and they're inside <laughs> of a of a diorama mm-hmm. in the middle of a museum that okay. would be that would be amazing <laughs> uh so i'm gonna come at this from a different viewpoint uh i play a lot of video games mm. and as someone who enjoys more movies and or video games so that movie's called uh dragon blade starring jackie chan adrian brody and john cusack you just added Adrian Brody in there, and that sold it 100%. Yeah. And uh, it came out this year, and the poster is magical. It's from 2016? Uh, no, 2015. Oh. came out last year. Um, wow. This looks really good and really bad. Uh, so, as someone who enjoys more movies and or video games, uh, I mean... What do you prefer? Wait, what, what, between war movies and video games? Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a type of person who has favorites. I don't have a favorite book or movie or whatever. I okay. like everything, you know, uh, in its own way. So that would be like comparing um, apples like, to oranges, perhaps. Basically, <laughs> uh, they're just too different. They're they're different beasts. Uh, okay. But for I don't know. That just made like the action scenes enthralling to me because I was just. Enjoying it from a standpoint of like, uh, from a video game standpoint of this looks really cool and it's well done and I could see this being a level in a video game and I would enjoy playing it like this last stronghold that you have to defend to save these people. Like that would almost be a really interesting like mode in a Call of Duty where you have to defend a CIA outpost from uh, encroaching enemies and, and there's like a whole strategy of it of like where do you put your people to keep them safe? Which building? And, and it just got harder and harder with each wave. And that's almost, like, I understand this is based on real events, but that's what this felt like. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, I was almost in a completely different mindset where I was at once being in awe of, like, well, if these guys really did this, this is incredible and good for them. And um, I'm glad yes. that most of them made it out. Uh, but again, this is a movie. This is not a documentary. This is a, yes, it's a true story, but... But just like when people write a book about something that happened, it's always not exactly what happened. So it's so interesting for Michael Bay to take on something like this. And I think the only reason he did it is because he uh, 
He got tired of people making fun of him for Transformers. And he wanted to do a movie where people couldn't make fun of him for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and how can you make fun of someone doing a film about Benghazi when it's all over the news and there's been judicial hearings about it and all this stuff like that. And, and it's glamorizing, you know, our heroes. At one point, uh, the character you like, the, the section chief of the CIA, yeah. he says, uh, I'm proud to know Americans like you. And he says that to John's character. That was a bit heavy. Yeah. And you're like, what? You were barely coherent earlier. You wanted to stay in the sinking ship of this CIA outpost. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're coherent enough to make a comment like that? Nah. Nah. So, I don't know. Who would play um, Hillary Clinton in this movie if Michael Bay had a choice? Francis McDormand? (laughs) You think that's a Michael Bay choice? Oh, she was in... um... he loves Coen Bros movies, and she was in the third movie, I think. The third Transformers. And she's also in Hail Caesar, isn't she? Well, yeah, that's a Coen. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, sure. I'll go for that. I, I, could, I could like that a little. Mm-hmm. Who plays Obama the Rock? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Every time. I'm in. I mean, that's how we all see Obama anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, Derek, you heard about it. It was supposed to be uh, Mark Wahlberg was going to be um, John Krasinski's uh, it's like, but he had to turn it down for something. He was good in for, Shooter. I don't need to see him. He was doing three other movies exactly like this. Yeah, <laughs> Lone Survivor and Daddy's Home, uh, <laughs> I, which is just like this movie. Um, but I don't know if I have to give this like a, a score. I think I'd give it uh, two out of five hanging hands off of arms. Uh, and uh, that, that was would, cool. That would be my I score. Mean, it was a real thing, but it was cool to see. Yeah, that was gross. I couldn't. Yep. Everyone in the theater, all the old people went. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't look at that. <laughs> I would give it one and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah, that was your stated Facebook score. I saw. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to score it yet, but it's pretty low for me. It's uh. Is this your guys's first movie of 2016? I actually saw another film. Uh, that came out uh, that is going to come out I went to a, a preview screening of a thing uh, that I guess I can't talk about but so, but oh, this I, is my second film of 2016 oh I guess I could say the same I can't I can't tell you what I saw okay maybe I'll although tomorrow I have to turn down a test screening of Mother's Day and I'm very distraught oh about no it. you know where it is where's it at it's in Gary Marshall's theater what and That's... I have to not go Oh my god! I think whatever else is going on in your life, you can. You and can... Britt Robertson is in it. I'm gonna miss it. Oh, you and <laughs> man, she's gonna look so confused. That's uh, you're missing out there. I know. You're gonna look back on that day. Well, I, I guess it's. Com- I'm guessing it comes out around Mother's Day, and that's more appropriate. Oh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I don't most, even most know. people can skip this film. I don't even know really. what we're going to talk about in discussion. I think should we skip discussion? Are we done? No, there's some things. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. That I have in my head anyway. So uh, we'll just leave it with that. Uh, we all didn't really enjoy this film that much, but that's. I mean, I don't think it's to say that it isn't accurate. I think we'll get into that. I want to get into that in discussion. We'll it's a it. bad uh, opening to 2016, which might be a terrible year for movies. Well. 2015 was pretty great. 2015 was pretty great. It's hard to hard to live up to that. Yeah. There's a lot of disappointments, but it had some its moments. All right, let's uh let's save the rest for the discussion.
All right, so let's talk about what's coming out new this weekend. What's coming out mm. new? Uh, in theaters, we have Kung Fu Panda 3. Oh, my goodness. We have The Finest Hours, Fifty Shades of Black, and... Brian Jane... Cranston is Kung Fu Panda. Is, oh, he is? Is he the dad character? Yep. Okay. Oh, I like it. Uh, and Jane, and Jane Kate Hudson replaced Rebel Wilson. What's going on there? Who replaced Rebel Wilson? Kate Hudson. Well, that's weird. She's too busy. Rebel Wilson's in a lot of movies. That's very strange. All right, before we get to guess the ending, uh, let's first uh, uh, give some thanks to our plugs. Uh, our uh, plugs? <laughs> yeah, plugs. That's what they call them. Plugs. Uh, thanks to uh, Silent Partner, whose song, Sophomore Makeout, is our theme song. We got that from the YouTube audio library, youtube.com slash audio library. Uh, our logo was done by Justin Kizan. He writes at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Uh, that's where my Got Him uh, articles were. Uh, you should also check out another podcast that I do called Shut Up Leonard, where myself and Matt Benson talk about the TV show Community. How many most, of those do you have? But it's over now. It's, I mean, it's pretty much over. Uh, our most recent episode, we actually interviewed Dan Harmon, the creator of Community. Well, Matt Benson does. <laughs> I got in there. Got some jabs in. Uh, and, and I uh, saw that when you posted it, you said I interviewed Dan Harmon. Well, because I did. But when Benson posted, he said we interviewed Dan Harmon. Well, there you go. That's a good There's that moral center. I guess. <laughs> There's that moral center. Um, so the show's almost done. Uh, Shut Up Leonard's almost done. Uh, but we still have a, a, a few more little tricks up our sleeve. So, uh, uh, that would have been a good series finale. Yeah, it's just the timing worked out where we just put it out now. Benson kind of wanted to hold on to it. And I was like, no, we got to get this out there. No, that's, that's not necessarily true. I don't know. I was just excited to get it out there. It's evergreen. Uh, another podcast they talked about pocket Mortys on it. Oh, we could have, yeah. Um, another podcast that I do with Benson and David King is uh, called Pick Your Path. Uh, that's a choose your adventure style enhanced podcast where uh, What's your you... involvement in it, huh? What's your involvement? In I it? write for it. We all we all write uh, stories. There are six episodes in the first season. Each of us have written two of those. Uh, are you guys voices in it? Uh, no, we have a... Um, well, I guess, I mean, we, we kind of introduced the episode. Uh, but it's all Benson? We have a narrator. No, it's not Benson. Okay. Um, David King, through his Midnight Marinara podcast, he um, he knows a lot of voice people, and so uh, we got we got one of those people to read out our entire stories. Okay. It's kind of like a lot. Um, if Tom was here, he'd tell you about uh, optograb.org, his website, uh, or his short stories on Amazon and Smashwords. Uh, Jordan, what do you do? <laughs> I uh, do some stuff on the internet. Um, as of the time of this recording, you can find one of uh, my articles over at, uh, what's that magazine called? The Union Weekly. Time Magazine. The Union Weekly uh, for Cal State Long Beach. Uh, could, we, could we drop a link in the show notes for it, maybe? I think there is one all the time. Okay, cool. Mm. Uh, I did a little article about uh, Golden Globe winning Mr. Robot. Yeah. And um, Christian Slater and uh, Rami Malik. And I also do a little bit of streaming for a website called Gamer Assault Weekly over at twitch.tv backslash Gamer Assault Weekly. Uh, this last weekend I did uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen on PC. This coming weekend I am playing Mad Max on the Xbox One. And. Uh, and then I do some of my own streaming at twitch.tv backslash truevalk where uh, I just play random stuff. 
Like, I couldn't sleep last night after watching 13 Hours. I was a little amped up. So I finished <laughs> the StarCraft II Legacy of the Void campaign in my uh, pajamas on camera. Right. So that'll also be on my YouTube channel. Enjoy. Uh, Derek, anything you want to promote? Uh, happy birthday, Andy Kaufman. Also, oh, nice. happy birthday, Jim Carrey. Isn't that weird? Oh, that is weird. Yeah, that is Both weird. Born on the same day. And uh, is there some sort of Cloverfield retrospective you wanted to do? On their debut, everybody's forgotten that movie. Like that movie was great. I don't know. I liked it fine. Yeah, and it like right. the hype behind it, it was a fun. It was a fun event. Starring yes. T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. Hits, ladies, I hear. <laughs> uh, that's not good. Ugh. You know who doesn't hit, ladies? Lizzie Kaplan. She's in it too. Okay. Do you, Do you want to say anything about popsicles? It's that you listen to that show. It's on the, the Benview Network. You can find yeah. all the great Benview Network shows. No, we're hiatus until we find Benson. You're trying... We should have like a contest. Where's Benson? You've lost like when him? And the Trix Rabbit was like missing. Remember that? No, Has... you, you could do it like, uh, like Carmen Sandiego, but it's Matt Benson. Yeah. Has he not told you where he is? Well, we're trying to lock him down, but that kid's wily. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, check out Popsicles. Check out um, Radio Brendo Man. Uh, check out Benson's Boombox. Apparently, that's that's still around. Yeah, crazy. They do episodes. right before David Bowie died. Mm. There's an episode where, um, what, what's that guy's name? Who Chris? Yeah, Chris. Huh. Sorry, Chris was saying how much he hated David Bowie's Hat People, and oh. Benson was saying you're foolish and you're a fool. Then days later, David Bowie died. Not yeah. saying Chris killed David Bowie, <laughs> but uh, there it is there is a correlation at some some level. Yeah, all it took was one more person to say they didn't like cat people, and boy, it was like, well, I'm out. I did call him out on it on the day <laughs> David Bowie died. I got no response. You got to keep him honest. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, so our website for nerds I view is nevpodcast.com. Uh, you can email us nevpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, find us on Twitter at Anybody Podcast. My personal Twitter is at Podcaster Andrew. I'm at True Valk. I'm at Derek Armijo. All right, so now it's time for guess the ending. You'll never guess how it ends. Boo-boo. Am I? I'm up first, aren't I? Yeah. Kung Fu Panda Three. Oh, I deleted the three. Directed by <laughs> Alessandro Carloni and Jennifer Yeh. Yeah. Starring Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, Dustin Hoffman, Jackie Chan. You think when she directs a great scene, she goes, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I actually don't think so. Well, she's not fun then? Okay. No, I don't think she's fun. Uh, continuing his legendary adventures of awesomeness, Poe must face two hugely epic but different threats. One supernatural and the other a little closer to his home. Have you seen the first two? I've seen the first one. From what Charlie I remember, Hoffman wrote the second one. Oh, that's weird. Okay, now I want to see that. What? Uh, but what I remember of the first one, it ends with him realizing that to beat the bad guy, he has to steal dumplings. Is that close? No, stealing dumplings was the way he that he built his agility. Right, 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 right. And that helps him beat a bad guy. Sure. Yeah, he skadooshed the bad guy. In yeah. The first. Okay, so this Turned third one. Turned him into a dumpling. Um, so in the description here, it says that there are two different threats, one supernatural and the other a little bit closer to his home. That's, a, that's to throw you off. The, the two threats are not actually different. They're actually the same, uh, which is that um, the supernatural threat is that there will be a, a demon born 
uh, and Poe knows because of a prophecy mm-hmm. that the demon will be born this year or something. And the other, the closer to his home is that his, his, his he's going to have a little brother. A little brother's coming. And it turns out his little brother <laughs> is the demon. And when the demon baby wow. is born, wow. year of the... he must defeat it. Yeah, year of the panda. Or whatever year it is. I actually don't, I don't keep track of those. But yeah, it's really... Uh, <laughs> it's very racist of you. How is that racist? <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I just assume panda because that's the film. The film is Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Uh, but whatever year it is, they can make it that year. And that's the whatever demon child that he has to defeat. His own brother. His own little brother. Wow. Uh-huh. Pretty it. easy to fight a baby. I mean, the baby comes out like with all the demon Drone? powers, though. Okay. That's it. That's it for me. Shitty demon, demon baby. Uh, you're Where did Logan's uh, cricket character come into play? Um, he, I mean, Poe has to go back to the mentors and ask them all for advice. Always. Okay. That'll be a funny scene. Who's next? Derek. All right, my film is The Finest Hours, directed by Craig Gillespie, son of Dizzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Chris Pine, Holiday, Granger, Casey Affleck, and Ben Foster. It says here, the Coast Guard... Do you have to read what it is? Yes. Okay. The Coast Guard makes a daring rescue attempt off the coast of Cape Cod after a pair of oil tankers are destroyed during a blizzard in 1952. Nice. Um, in this movie, Chris Pine, Casey Affleck, and Ben Foster play the Hours brothers, who all go out for to be the best Coast Guard in the post in Coast Guard boot camp. Nice. The first half hour. Mm-hmm. They're very competitive. Um, but Holly Granger, who is the sister of Hermione Granger, whoa, kind of has a flirtation with all three of them. And, side. Yeah. and they kind of all make love on some on the coast of Cape Cod, but all at different times. My goodness, she's uh, she's quite a fox. But when the oil tanker blow up and cause the blizzard, an oil blizzard, like an oil tidal wave, kind of, uh-huh. in 1952, the the Hours brothers in a double in a, in a play on words. Hours brothers have their finest hour, and when they try to protect Cape Cod from the oil wave. Wow! Special appearance by Poe's little demon brother. And uh, he, uh, Andrew, wasn't here. But who's uh, who's Holiday Granger again? She is Hermione's sister from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Especially Not as good looking. Well, of course. Uh, but I mean, that's how. I mean, if you didn't connect this world to Harry Potter, it wouldn't make sense that they'd be able to stop an oil wave. This is kind of the prequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, oh. Right. I like it. I like it. So the reason why we read the 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 little thing underneath the, the starring is because that's your prompt. Right. Yeah. So that's that's your starting point. But I love I love where you went with it. Uh, I'm doing Fifty Shades Did of Black. Did you get that the Hours Brothers are the finest hours? Yeah, they're beautiful. It is, okay. I, it's it's a I'll make that very clear. It's a wonderful pun and or metaphor. It's pretty great. Uh, directed by uh, Michael Tides, uh, starring Kaylee. <laughs> is that how you pronounce that? Uh, that's how Did I would pronounce it. I think there's another more hilarious way to pronounce it. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, starring uh, Kaylee Hawk, 
uh, Marlon Wayans, uh, Jane Seymour, wow, and Carly Carissa. An inner, inexperienced college student makes a meets a wealthy businessman whose sexual practices put a strain on their relationship. <clears throat> All right, stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, oh wait. No, I had a I had a thought earlier of like what I was going to connect this to, and now and I've lost it. Oh jeez! So now I, I now I just need to make it up. Okay, so um, oh I got it, I got it now. All right, so uh, the two main characters, um, Kaylee Hawk and uh, Marlon Wayans, they meet and you know sparks fly and uh, they start their little courtship. Um, but the uh, the sexual practices that put a strain on their relationship are the fact that um, Marlon Wayans is actually attracted to men, but he needs a woman uh, to be married to for the front-facing uh, uh, image of his company. Um, I'm gonna ignore all the bullcrap in the in the trailer about how he <laughs> his wealth comes from stealing things. We're just gonna pretend he's got a good company. And from there, uh, the interesting thing is, is, is they go to they go to clubs because he's looking for for men to, uh, you know, to meet and have a good time with. And at one of the clubs, they actually meet Jamie Dorner and uh, what's her name? I feel bad for not knowing her name. What from the actual Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, um, oh, you just. I don't even I can't remember her name right now but yeah. Okay, so they meet Rebecca Black. They re, they meet both of them at a club. And he's into his, you know, tying people up and stuff. So he uh Marlon Wayne's actually lets him tie him up and and you know do all those things to him because he's interested in guys and uh the two the two women talk and they they end up having uh, a nice little friendship and uh it's it becomes this weird like rom com thing where, like the two guys get close even though Jamie Dorner is straight and uh, Marlon Wayans is is uh, gay, but they they have a, <laughs> a friendship and uh, it, it involves you know uh, it kind of only goes one way because he you know he gets to abuse him in different ways um, and the the two women you know they they have a friendship and they they meet and talk about their their lives and. The, the weird things that put a strain on their relationships, they're very different, but they kind of commiserate in that. And uh, it's just this kind of a little adorable thing where you just kind of learn about people who are different but the same and uh, how people can get along, even though they come from different backgrounds. Mm. Wow. I like how the original characters come back. Yeah. Cameo. I think it's beautiful. I think It's like in Wrongfully Accused when... Leslie Nielsen was in the sewers and Harrison Ford comes out. He's like, no, take that tunnel. And he's like, oh, okay. Yep. And then he gives a look at the camera like, what? What? It's pretty great. Um, all right, so now we can end the guessing. Uh, if any of those endings are correct, uh, feel free to email us. They all are. Gmail.com. They're all correct. They have to be. Yeah. Uh, we're, pretty good. we're pretty good at this now. Yeah. What movie are you going to review next week? Oh, God. I'd prefer Jane Got a Gun. But, I mean, we also have some... Maybe Jane has a gun, uh-huh. but we also have a good backlog of bonus... Stuff that we can record, yeah, so we'll we'll see what we come up with. All right. How bad does Kung Fu Panda Three have to be that they move from a summer to a January spot? I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it and let you know. I don't know. Do you well, think? I, I, I'm going. 
I'm going for that. Yeah, I'm going to see Finest Hours 2 and Fifty Shades of Black because that looks more entertaining than Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't think Finest Hours will ever... That's not, it's not grabbing me. I, I'm going to watch it for the f- pure visual spectacle of, of uh, oil riggers, oil, oil, oil rigging tankers being pulled apart. Yeah, I think I'm just, I'm never into an ocean movie. Yeah. Also, I've never, I've never had the need to see the perfect storm. Oh, in yeah. the trailer, they're all ha- they all have like really bad Boston accents. Oh, I love it. I'm going to watch it just for that. It's going it, to... Just because, just because uh, Ben Affleck did a good job, I just want to see Casey Affleck just ruin the Boston accent. That's But that's how he talks, though. I know. That's why I love it. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll see what we review next week. I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, but until uh, next time... Uh, this has been episode 259 of Nerds. It's already Radio. over. It's already over. We're already there. Thank you much. Uh, thank you very much, Derek. Thank Be you. Uh, so until next week, I'm Andrew. Oh, go ahead, Derek. Oh, I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude comes up to you and says, hey, uh, I'm <laughs> totally not taking pictures of your compound. Don't worry about it. Don't trust them. They're a bad guy until they're not a bad guy. Yeah. So, um, the, the setup that we have going, um, you might hear like some noises in the room, but that won't pick Uh, up on the, um, on the, except Jordan chewing right now, right into the microphone. Well, I don't even know if you can hear that. I can't. Okay. Well, our listeners can. You might hear some like room noises, but, um, you should be fine. Okay. So let's start that discussion. Derek, yeah, what do, what yeah. do you want to say? Derek, take the lead. So during the beginning of the attack, the, what, do you, what would you call them? Insurgents? The, the people doing the like uprising or yeah. whatever you want to call it? Militants. The, the militants pretty easily get onto the compound. They're shooting into the security office, which has bulletproof uh, glass, and the guy's just sitting there. Uh-huh. And then when they kick open the door, he just leaves. Like, yeah. Did he not have any weapons? He's like, he's well, like the first line of defense. Everyone, everyone at the gates was local militia that they hired. Yeah, you're talking so, about the the attack on the ambassador's compound. Yeah, on the but, uh, temporary but, outpost. But for every compound, yeah. it did seem like the outer the the first layer of defense was local, local. which was which was even the the CAA guy was was. Um, was telling the men like we can't we don't want to station you out front we want to station the locals so they see local sees local and yeah. they're less likely to attack or something I don't yeah know i just goes. felt really bad about that guy in the security office i mean yeah. he just ran away yeah so. when it comes down to it um all the local people if they didn't die initially in the attack they they peaced out and their countrymen let them yeah also i was also so detached from the movie that i forgot that they were in two different places mm-hmm. i thought two different compounds i mean they were only a yeah. mile apart from each other and they right. looked kind of like one was just really <laughs> nice and the other yeah. one was not as nice yeah i you, forgot about didn't that. have a super well, high one wall. was better protected yeah yeah um i think uh, what really bothers me just getting more into the whole like locals you know defending the compounds mm-hmm. uh there's a line that i think tonto says it where he's like they're bad guys until they're not bad yeah I'm like that's 
that's really I don't agree with that at all. Like that's I mean, but really that's wrong. But as but as someone who's contracted as a bodyguard, mm. like even if you're not in a foreign country, if you're a bodyguard of like a celebrity here in America, mm. everyone is a potential threat. Well, sure, that is your job. But the- and and they are in a hostile country mm. where everyone is armed. They are selling rocket launchers on the street. Yeah. So at every local drugstore. Yeah. And like when fighting is going off, people are just sitting in their houses watching TV. Like it is so nonchalant. This is a violent region at this point. Look, all they have to do is go down to their local AK forty seven eleven and pick one up oh. and they're good to go. Strike that. Like I, that if we if we were not in your house, <laughs> you would have been removed from the premises. Shut up. For that. Uh, you no, made worse jokes than it's that. It's a it's an adorable dad joke and I'm proud of you. Uh, so I just I feel like as someone whose job it is to to be a threat assessor, mm. that's how he has to think. But I, I think because because you can't just look at someone and tell if they're a bad guy or not. No, of course not. I mean, although in this movie they create the hang ten symbol is the I'm not a I'm not a bad guy thing. Well, yeah, hang loose, um, keep it loose. I mean, one of the most uh, tense parts for me, at least, was when they were in the ambassador's compound. After the attack, when they were just searching for survivors, mm-hmm. and they were just surrounded by people who had guns. Yeah. They're just people wandering. Mm-hmm. And at, you have no idea who's good or bad. We didn't, and neither did they. <clears throat> I, I mean, you've got a point. But in, in the way that I'm, I'm seeing it is more in this larger scale of... There's been so many movies that have come out recently where pretty much the premise of these movies are... You know the military guys are good, and all the all the people who live in the place are bad, mm-hmm. and they want to, they're just like oh let's just go in and wipe out everybody because we don't know who's good or bad, so let's just kill them all. But that's but that wasn't the mindset of it any was of a, the characters in this film. It kind of was of Tonto, I think. When he no, said that, he I was like, oh, he didn't geez. shoot. He never shot indiscriminately. Well, everybody waited until they were either shot at or saw a weapon pointed at them. Yeah, because of I guess legal reasons. It's it's kind of like <laughs> well, at one point they said, uh, "Hold your fire until you're fired upon." Uh, no one needs to go to jail. Yeah, so that's the kind of that was the logic there. But at the same time, it kind of felt like I I feel like out of all of them, Tonto was the one who distrusted everyone the most well i mean but also look at his journey throughout the film he was shadowed by people that he was never really sure if they were on his side or not Mm. and at one point a grenade goes off in their hand or something and they walk up to with to him with their hands in their own hands and their fingers blown off Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know if they found an ied and like tried to dispose of it, or if they were going to kill him, and it just backfired on them. Yeah, well, they didn't like he, they didn't have much time to explain because right after that, he was shot at with another missile. Yeah, so I mean, like when it comes down to it, I feel like this is the mindset you need to survive, mm-hmm. and and it's not like any of the people who are in this movie had any hate for the locals. It was just a simple matter of how are we supposed to do our job when we have no idea who's a good guy and a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So in order to be effective. We have to treat everything as a potential threat. Yeah. I just think, and also, uh, but as you're saying, like, as soon as the attacks started happening, the locals who were guarding the doors, like, just left. Yeah. And they were, they weren't attacked. Because, because when it comes down because to it, is your life worth the money? But they sided with the Americans and the people attacking didn't like the Americans. And so why wouldn't they not like the people that were helping the Americans? Because it was just a job. I just think, I just think films like this, like, make it so oversimplified where it's actually like, Kind of oh, a weird complex I, issue. I agree. I agree with you. Completely. Well, it has to be because... And well, Michael Bay is not the person to do that type no, of film. No, of course not. 
But I'm even like talking about all these other, like what, what I mentioned earlier, like Argo and Zero Dark Thirty. Like they kind of, they broach these subjects, but then it all becomes very oversimplified where it's like, yeah, if they're, if they're speaking a foreign language, they're a bad person. Unless they're the translator. The translator's what'd you a good think, person. What do you think about Sicario? Because that is yeah, a film. Yeah, I was about to say, this mm. is Sicario. That is a gray film. Idiot. You know, that yeah, is, right that's there. a really good one. That one, I think, handles, handles everything pretty well. I mean, the, the scenes with the police officer in Mexico are a little on the head. Yeah. And a bit too much foreshadowing. But at least we get to see that the world... I mean, that is, that is a film about a gray world. Mm-hmm. No, I think that one handles it pretty well. I don't know, I'm just thinking more specifically of these like films set in the Middle East or overseas, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're you know it's a war, the war that we're fighting but not really fighting that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I kind of prefer the BBC version of this movie where Martin Freeman was the lead. Oh yes, what? And it's pre- it's just it's just a prequel to Sherlock. I, I, I'd, I'd watch that pretty quickly. <laughs> I'd be all over that. No, I'm even thinking like. Um, there, there's a film that's going to come out soon. Uh, what's it called? Eyes in the Sky. Oh my god! I saw that, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where it's um, is that with uh, the Breaking Bad guy? Yeah, that's, yeah. Aaron that's, Paul, uh, Alan Rickman, rest in peace, and mm. uh, oh. Helen Mirren. So we are going to have to see that. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's something where it's like they have to decide whether or not to do a drone drone strike because they have uh, people with um, what do they call those? Those explosive vests. That they have a lot of explosives, and if they let them leave, they're going to blow something up. But then, yeah. if you drop a drone, you could hurt village people. Which, which you know. is a trailer that you missed. Yeah, I saw. A trailer. I've, I've seen that trailer like three times. The Monster Money. Oh, Money Monster. Monster? Money Monster. Money it's Monster. It's like a Thirty Rock movie. What? <laughs> in that, it's this movie about George Clooney as a Mad Money type of guy who's on TV like talking about stocks and bonds and stuff. And so this kid comes in and makes him put on a bomb vest, and then the music that's playing in the background makes him seem like that guy's the hero and it's like what are we promoting here yeah it's this weird thing about like how how it becomes it looks like it's a movie about like how bankers are screwing the public Uh and this guy goes on tv and gets people to start looking into stuff because he's holding people hostage that's I don't even you, it, all these words together make something that you I sh- want it's I need to see this trailer yeah you need we'll need to watch this directed trailer by this. Jodie Foster whoa what directed by Jodie Foster of the beaver fame wow and little man's hate yes oh, okay my, my goodness she defends yeah. Mel Gibson well she's Jesus friend if yeah. I did if I did that Andrew if I if was arrested in Malibu and and said I was the king of Malibu, and then all the and Jews started all the wars in the world, <laughs> and then we made a movie about a puppet. What would you say about me in the press? Well, I don't know. Maybe I mean, didn't he? Wasn't he kind of an alcoholic? I think maybe that's. I have. Let's say I'm a alcoholic too. <laughs> I guess I'd probably I'd let's, direct you in a film. Let's take as many stretches as possible. As I'd direct to, you in a podcast to go down this road. Would you drop me if? I if if I had if I had those accusations put on me. No, we don't. If anything, Benson would be the one to set the Benview morals and standards. He's Mister Morality. She directed. So, so he's the one that's going to drop me. Yeah, I'm sorry. She directed one <laughs> episode of House of Cards and two episodes of Orange Is the New Black. Interesting. Mm. But Benson is the moral compass of of Benview. Wow, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Do you not? Do you not think that Jordan? I mean, me and Jordan may hang out with Benson. I don't know. I feel like he's too. Uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve too much <laughs> to be uh, 
to be the moral compass. I think okay. I think when he gets wrapped up in something uh Is he I stopping th- things because he thinks things are wrong for the network? No. No, no, no. No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> we're getting weirdly, we're getting weirdly behind the curtain here. I know. I don't I I want to know what your example is of him being the moral I don't know. It's just like uh I don't know. You know Benson. He's very... Uh, no, I don't. He's like set in his ways. He's very, you know... I don't think that's a moral thing. I think that's a, that's a, that's a Benson Fine, thing. Maybe it's not a moral thing, but it's, it's very much like... Having a strong moral compass means that you, you stick to a statute of, yeah, of what he, you believe. I think he sticks to what he believes. I think it really does. I don't think it's a moral-based belief okay, well, system. Fine. All right. And that means he'll stick with me because he believes in me. Okay. Does he believe in you? I guess not. <laughs> I guess we can, all, we can all now admit that he does not. I don't know what I don't know who he believes in. Uh, Harvey Dent. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I mean, I don't the, know the don't... chase scenes, the action. I just wanted to mention that the mm-hmm. chase scene with the car when the guy was shot in the head or something, mm-hmm. and they keep telling him to go left and he goes right. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, but it's like it's a good thing they stole those bulletproof cars. Yeah. Right. I I don't know. Was, was he really like? Was he hit in the head, or was he just in shock from? He was in shock uh, other... from the smoke inhalation. Yeah, like he could barely see. His eyes were screwed up, mm. and then ha- knowing the fact that he left those people in there and they died, mm. he shouldn't have been driving. What so do you do if so you're in that bathroom and you're like, okay, the smoke's have... coming in? Well, the first the thing I would coming in, I thought I didn't even think of that, and I, would... I got your guns, and you're just waiting for somebody to. Well, first off, right through, and then you see smoke, and it's like you're dead. Well, I mean, look, not that I've thought about this before. If <laughs> someone lights a fire and you're in the bathroom, you turn on the shower, oh. you turn on the sink, you turn on the tub, you soak towels or or uh, robes in water, and then you put that in the bottom of the door frame, mm-hmm. and right. the water. And the material stops the smoke from coming in. Yeah, I figured they would have put towels underneath the door, but they didn't even do that. They didn't did do that come at in all. Really quickly. And then mm. you take whatever you have and you soak the door in water, mm. and then, um, and then from that there, stop it from you. You get more. You get more uh, towels that are probably in the bathroom. You soak those in water. You put those over your head. That'll stop the smoke from getting in. That'll keep you cool. And then you get in the shower. What, was the idea I think that, that those... they did that in Norma of the North? They didn't do that in this movie. <laughs> I mean, do you think the idea was that the 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 guys that were with the ambassador were not as well trained? Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of what we were supposed to get from that whole situation. Because when when they walk out of there, Jack actually makes a comment of like, "What you think they have twelve years of military experience between the between both of them?" Yeah. And it just shows because even uh, the the American French woman at one point was like, I know what I'm doing. This is my second thing. And, and he goes, I know what I'm doing too. This is my 12th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was, shut up, lady. That was a good moment. <laughs> good moment that kept women down. Mm-hmm. Women and their thoughts. How dare they? I want to ask you guys a question hmm. since you guys see a lot of movies. So in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of movies like this and it's some sort of true military story. And there's a lot of true stories besides military, but yeah. But yeah, in, in terms of this, they show the people that died, the real people mm-hmm. that died, mm-hmm. and then the two stars on the CIA wall. Like, when, you, when people, 
when the movie ends and it's clearly everybody's sad, isn't it a very uncomfortable feeling to walk out in silence with a bunch of strangers around you? Yeah. It always bothers me. Uh Uh-huh. Especially with people who've clearly been in one of the world wars. Uh, (laughs) But, uh... But no, I mean, like I said earlier, just search for angry plus 13 hours. Like, this film is trying to make people angry. Mm. Like, it's not trying to make you sad. Well, I don't know. I I think uh, the trouble with a lot of these kinds of, like, based on a true story or based or like these, like, based on actual military or government events, Mm -hmm. it's it's like how what they don't owe anything to the truth you know what i'm saying like yeah they can tell whatever story they they can tell whatever story they want they can add any little detail that they want they Mm -hmm. could you know stray from what actually happened as much as they want because it's a film it's not a documentary yeah because even documentaries are just you know they're just films in a sense yeah the documentarian is always they have a they have a message they're trying to send Mm -hmm. with how they edit it and what that they show and what they don't show you're right there's always a message we talked about that in american sniper yeah i brought it up when we reviewed that of like no this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong Mm -hmm. stuff did not happen this way yeah so it's it's just this always bothers me where it just uh it tries to act like it's telling you the truth because it ends with oh here are the actual people who died or here are the actual people who fought and it's kind of like, yeah, that's, I mean, they did something, but whether or not it matches exactly what we saw in the film is left up to us to decide, perhaps. But do, do most people even think about that aspect of it, whether or not um, it's actually true? Mm-hmm. I do have a question for you, Andrew. Hmm. Why do you hate freedom? <laughs> yeah, why do you hate America? Oh boy! So uh, I saw Trumbo, and it really struck a chord with me. So I've joined the Communist Party. Whoa! <laughs> did you review? Did you review Trumbo? We didn't review Trumbo because it was in. I I didn't even have a chance to see it. It was out of theater so fast. It was like in and out real quick. Yeah. But it, I'll I'll will just say that in the beginning of that movie, it makes it very clear that like there's tons of like the the communist uh, blacklist and stuff. Those people, a lot of people were communists, mm-hmm. and it's like they're just walking around. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize. The people were actual communists. I just thought they were being accused of that. But I could see 1950s uh, Andrew <laughs> card-carrying communists. Man, I see people on Twitter and Snapchat that are just like, yeah, I'm a communist. That's weird. I don't know. It's uh, I, I, I mean, I, I thought Trumbo was kind of forgettable, though. What, do you, what about you, Derek? Uh, I liked him in it, but would oh. you say that the two Breaking Bad leads are never going to have the success they had or as big of a deal in any movie or TV show that they do post breaking bad. Like what, like mm. that, that, that Jesse guy, mm. his big, his big thing was the body for speed and that didn't turn out well. What, and then now he he's, in, um, Aaron Paul was in some movie about, uh, it was him and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and like they were giving up drinking as a couple or something. And nobody saw that. But uh, isn't it from? It's from the director who did um, the Spectacular Now. Yeah, but nobody saw that or the Spectacular Now. See, I really like the Spectacular Now. I thought about trying. And to find when I one. said that Benson should probably hit on ladies like the guy that hit on Mary Elizabeth Winstead did, and then he accused me of of, of fraudulence. What? I said, maybe you should corner ladies in a car that you work with, <laughs> and maybe they'll feel guilted into it. And he Whoa. he took offense to that. Well, that's I, kind see, of offensive. That's how I could. Now, do you see why I say he's the moral center? He is. 
Um, he is, truly. Well, look, look, if you're trying to say that neither of them have done anything amazing since Breaking Bad, I'm just going to submit Godzilla. I mean... Th- that's subjective, but... The he wasn't even the best part of Godzilla, though. But he... No. Who was, who was the best part of Godzilla? Godzilla. Yeah. I meant, I meant as an actor, not Godzilla. as a digital character. Ronald R. Godzilla-man. Godzilla-man. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. It is tough for them, I think. Because and that, and that, that was ended. so... That show was so iconic for both of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that also they get Aaron some Paul's chances. kind of a one trick kind of guy. Yeah, I have, he kind of has a classic him. face that he makes. Yeah, that's why I was offended when people were like, "No, he could be one of the people to play young Harrison Ford." No. Oh no. Yeah, but I thought he could have been John McClane Jr. in whatever Die Hard. That yes, was terrible. That would have worked. That would have worked. That would have been better than I Joe guess. Schmo Soldier Boy. Yeah, uh, get rid of that guy. Uh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? I don't know. So that has ended our segment of reviewing other things that are not this movie. <laughs> um, any 13 hours discussion points we should bring up before we finish? Um, because I can tell we're all super interested because we're talking about Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston. I'm good. All right. And that has been our discussion for 13 hours. The secret soldiers of Benghazi who are not so secret anymore. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.